Cave of Cool Podcast, Iteration 10. From the lands of Western Canada. Happy New Year! Welcome to this week from the Cave of Cool. Western Canada, the Wakanda of the North. Welcome to this week from the Cave of Cool. This is our New Year's Eve edition, our New Year's edition, where we review everything in 2018 that we loved, that we hated, that we hope will be better in 2019, even though we know it won't. If you're interested, please listen and please send a comment. We would love to hear from you and let us know that we are doing a great job. So if you can't remember what happened in 2018, listen carefully. We'll remind you of it. And then you can look forward with us to what's going to be happening You bet. It is the Calvin's Canadian Cave of Cool Year in Review, Part 1. Rock and Roll. Showtime. Tell me about Calvin's Canadian Cave of Cool. Well, Calvin's Canadian Cave of Cool has been lasting for 10 years, and you can't beat that because if it was crap, they'd, they'd delete it already. The man would have taken care of it already. He would take me out so I couldn't preach my truth. The Cave of Cool is your source of everything cool on the Internet, anything that I see in my daily travels. And trust me, i got lots of time to, to do my daily travels. I will post for you. If there's a new movie review, if there's new something for me to bitch about, it will be there. So trust me, you want to make the Cave of Cool one of your stops on the day, especially if you're working a dead-end job and you got computer access and you want to just kind of have fun for the day. Come peruse my archive because when I feel like killing somebody, I go back to my archive and that makes me feel better. It makes me feel like I've actually contributed to the world and to your world, and I've entertained you a little bit, and that's all I really care about. Because this is the project till I die, and when I die, I'm hoping that from hell I can see all the great things that people will say about me when I'm gone. And I've even set it up, um, given my mother all the information so that when I die, she can find somebody or somebody can find somebody who is computer literate to let everyone know that I died. So I care, bitch. That sounds like gold. How do I find the Cave of Cool? Well, of course, you go on to the Google, which the Google is the source of everything. You put in Calvin's Canadian Cave of Cool. But if you don't want to write that much and you're illiterate, you could put Calvin's Cave of Cool or Cave of Cool or just cool. And it'll probably show up <laughs> one or two on the Google. And then come and visit and see what you like. I mean, I've always got great things up. Um, pretty girls who I don't exploit because I don't work blue. Because I don't have to. I mean, if if you got to work blue, I mean, there's something wrong with your presentation. I mean, if you got to take off your pants every time you you podcast or blog, then buddy, you know, you're working to a very niche market. And I like to think my market is huge because I'm cool. You will be cool from following the cave of cool. Ten thousand hours, they say, makes you an expert in anything. I'm an expert in this. Take advantage of my expertise. And we've only got ten hours of podcasting, but we're on Podbean, caveofcool.podbean.com. If you want to find the rest of our podcasts, and if you don't like Podbean, if you're an iTunes kind of person, go to iTunes, go to podcasts, look up Canadian Cave of Cool or Calvin's Canadian Cave of Cool or just Cave of Cool. It'll come up. Subscribe. Leave a comment. Please. And I would love to know that some – like, as bad as my blog, I mean I got uh, maybe 10 people that comment on a regular basis, and it just drives me insane because you would think more people would appreciate it. I know they do. But they're just lazy or illiterate, and they can't work a keyboard. I understand that. But really, like, learn from a kid. I mean, come on. Just to give me positive comments, I mean, think how much better that it will make your life. 
I mean, it won't matter to me, of course, but but to my friend M.G. Jackson here, I mean, he's a sensitive boy. He needs validation, so please, give it to him. Of course, I don't care, but I care. Hurry on down to our butterscotch castle. We want to show you the place where it all began. There's a big old dog in the front yard And an old gray cat on the back porch And in between the walls there are peace and harmony Come on along to our butterscotch castle We want to show you the place where it all began There's a morning sun in the kitchen And there's always Terrible day today. Who did we lose? We lost Super Dave Osborne. Super Dave Osborne. That's just lost, today. This is like that's 2019. That's just today. 2019. Two days in. And we the lost captain. Him. We lost the captain from Captain and Tennille, who really was never really a captain. He just had a captain's hat. Yeah. And we bought that bullshit. We bought him. We totally believed him. No one ever asked him to get on a boat and pilot it out of dock, right? No. And so we could say, hey, he's a real captain. No, he wasn't even in the military to be a captain. He just one day was hammered. Had to go do a gig with his wife who was bitching at him. Put on this captain hat to piss her off and tell him, we are the captain and Tennille. And, and it worked. It uh-huh. hit. Struck gold so she couldn't bitch for the next 40 years. I mean, what a guy. You got to admire him. And also, it, it makes things happen in threes. Mean Gene Oakland, who was the greatest wrestling commentator next to who? An- of all time? Uh, oh, gee, you know what? I'm not a wrestling guy, but I, the only one I know you is know, this man. No, no, he lived in Calgary. Lived in Calgary. Calgary, Stampede Wrestling. It was Ed Whalen. Ed Whalen. Ed Whalen, okay. In the meantime and in between time, this is Stampede Wrestling. <laughs> And he used to take it so seriously, and they loved him. In Calgary, he was like a god. Mm-hmm. And I guess he was really nice to everybody. Like he'd, People stop him in the mall, and he'd sit with them, and, and he just loved the whole Ed Whalen thing, right? Yeah. Like, and he often did at Stampede Time, too. He, was, he did a lot of um, 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 stuff on the Stampede when they did the rodeo channel and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he also did Stampede Wrestling every Saturday, okay. which was if you lived in Western Canada, that was like uh, you, you, try, you had to make it home from – from uh, bowling in the afternoon, YBC bowling, uh, to catch that because yeah. it was gold. And all the big ones were there, the, all the Hart brothers, Dynamite Kid, um, all, the, all the ones you remember. Okay. When, when so, you know, the only one show. I remember was Gene Kineski. Oh, of course, Gene Kineski. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Now you're talking my language. See, that's the only wrestler I remember. And that, that, was, that was my – basically my, my interest in wrestling begin, began and ended with Gene Kineski. <laughs> See, when I was a kid, it was like when you come back and you have no television for years, mm-hmm. and this is on your television, and for the first like little bit, you actually believe it's real, mm-hmm. um, and then it's not real, and it doesn't disappoint you as much as not having a real Santa hurt yeah. you, yeah. right? Not, knowing the wrestlers were just stuntmen, um, that was okay with me. Yeah. And and I saw the greatest uh, 
uh, wrestling match in all the time with with uh, Andre the Giant, and one day we will talk about that yes. because Andre the Giant versus Caesar Pabon, who was a, um, a dry cleaner who mm -hmm. lived in Winnipeg, and on the weekends, Friday nights, he'd wrestle all the big names because he was the designated guy to get the shit beat out of him, okay. right? Like they'd bring in the champions like Nick Bockwinkle, right? He was champion at the time, right. and and. And every Friday, like the big names would come in uh, before the Saturday big event, and they'd beat on him as one of the matches. And he was good, you know. He'd put give a few in there, and he had a few moves. But eventually, he'd go down when the wrestler used his signature move, and he'd get pinned, right? Right. Even if he was part of a tag team, he'd get pinned because he knew how to play the game, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess he was a super nice guy um, in Winnipeg. Everybody admired him and stuff. And one night he fought the champion Nick Bockwinkle, who had a thing in his contract that if you if he you beat him, you're the champ. Mm. And somehow this Friday night match, Caesar Babon caught him with an elbow in the right place, and Bockwinkle went down like a bag of wet cement. Wow, unconscious. And every he didn't know what to do, <laughs> and and the ref went up and kind of cover him, right? And he didn't think of the further. Uh, implications of this. Yeah. So Caesar Bambam covered him, lifted the leg, bum bum bum, one two three. He is the new champion of the AWA, uh -huh. and they give him the belt, and he's like, he's like ready to give the belt back. No, no, right? <laughs> this wasn't like, supposed to be the way it was going to go down. Right. I got the good thing on Friday night. You don't yeah. fuck this up for me, right? And he he was ready to give it back, but no, they had his hand in the air, and everybody's running in there, and Larry uh, Bobby DeBrain Heenan, who was uh, Bockwinkel's manager at the time, you remember Bobby DeBrain? He's an idiot. He's screaming up and down as the med crew are co pulling um, Nick Bockwinkel out of the ring. Like, he's been damaged. I thought he snapped his neck or something, right? But he went down. Yeah. So the next week, everybody's losing their mind because Cesar Babon, you know, he played it up, of course. They got him a cape and everything, right? Yeah. And he, he played the whole thing, and he goes, if he wants a shot, I'll give him a shot. I beat him the first time. I'll beat him this time. Yeah, your yeah. stray elbow, right? But <laughs> as kids, when you're like 13 years old, you lose your freaking mind, right? Uh -huh. This was major in our lives, yeah. right? Because Bakunko fought the big names, and he always cheated his way out of it, right? Right. And he got us all to the point where maybe Greg Gagne will beat him this time, right, with his sleeper hold. But it's always someone messes it up and interferes, right? Yeah. So the following Saturday, they had this huge event. And he was going to fight for the championship against Nick Bockwinkle. Of course, it's all we know he's going to lose, right? Mm. But the bigger thing was, was they were going to have a battle royal. And Andre the Giant was going to show up, and all us, all the dads, got us boys, and got a bus from the base, and got us tickets, uh -huh. and we went to Winnipeg to watch Caesar Pambon defend his title, <laughs> right? Which guess... lasted all of about eleven minutes. You figure right. he give that that bum a chance, right, okay. to get his, his thing back. Of course, right. he loses in about eleven minutes, right? It's like watching the Tyson Holyfield fight, right? Right. Where where he bit his ear and it was over, right? Mm -hmm. So we're all sitting there going, oh, disappointed, right? Yeah. Oh, but he was our champ, the people's champion. The people's but champion. They, yes, right. But they built it up so beautifully. And then my dad says, don't worry, Andre's coming up. So they have this big battle royal, okay? Mm. Must have had 20 of the big names that go through the AWA. Wahoo yeah. McDaniel. Um, um, uh, the, uh, what's the guy with the claw? Was that Vachon? Um, uh, the Mad Dog Vachon was there, right, with his brother. Okay. I mean, the, the big names in Canadian wrestling. When you're a kid, we knew them all, right? right. Wahoo McDaniel with his big Indian headdress, right? Ooh, you hear that on the on the intercom uh -huh. as he comes running down. And look, so that's 20 minutes of that buildup. And we're losing our minds, right? Mm -hmm. And then Andre comes down. Mm -hmm. And he is twice as big as you ever imagined him to be. Yep. I mean, when he climbed into that ring, I mean, he stepped over the top uh, rope, uh, right? Yeah. And that was natural for him. Yeah. 
until this battle royal starts out. Of course, all these brain trusts think we got to get Andre the Giant out first, right? Mm-hmm. We all, they all, mostly half of them rush him and try to lift him over the top rung, right? Right. And of course, who comes to his rescue? But Caesar Pebon, right? <laughs> and he's bashing guys, and guys are f- basically making themselves fly out of the ring, right? Right. You know, every time he hits them, it's like Superman hitting them. So another one goes flying, another one goes flying, <laughs> and he's pulling two guys off on, uh, under the giant, right? And soon it's the two of them beating on all these guys. And I forgot to tell you, there's a big bag of money hanging from the top of the the the, the ring, okay. right? Cause, Big, cause, and of course, it's got the dollar sign on it, right? right? For the winner yeah. of the battle royal. Because this is a classy organization, so of course, of course, you got to have a right. bag of money. That's right. And I, if I, I'm pretty sure that a guy with a top hat put it up there, mm-hmm. but I don't want to. I don't want to make up a story. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so they're just smashing. They're throwing guys out, and finally, of course, it's Nick Bogwinkle, and um, somehow Bobby DeBrain Heenan got into the ring, and it's Caesar Baba and Andre the Giant. And on this giant just they look he looks at Caesar, Caesar looks at him, and the two of them just go and beat on these guys, right? <laughs> Basically Andre Giant picked up Bobby DeBrain Heenan and walked him the length of the ring uh-huh. to drop him off one end of the top of the ring. But then, uh-huh. you know, Bobby's shaking his head, he goes, You don't want to go there? Okay. And he takes him <laughs> to the other side of the ring while Pabon is fighting Nick Bockwinkle, right? Uh-huh. And of course then he tosses Bobby DeBrain Heenan into Nick Bockwinkle. The two of them go over the top ring, so they're out. <laughs> so you're left with two guys, right? And we're all going, oh, now Caesar got to get beat up, right? Mm-hmm. Andre's standing in the middle of the ring with him. And Caesar Babon's maybe 5'8", right? Yeah. So he's two Andre the Giants, right? Yeah. And I bet you this was the greatest moment in his life because it was one of mine. Andre the Giant just looks at him, puts out his hand, shakes his hand, puts mm-hmm. his hand on his shoulder, turns around, and steps over the top ring. And then the money lowers with that spotlight. <laughs> And Caesar Papon grabs the money, and it was like, it was like, oh my God, it was the greatest moment in my life. Grown men were crying. Grown <laughs> men were crying from that gesture. <laughs> and anytime I hear about Andre the Giant doing anything like really sweet for somebody, yeah. I think he saw this this journeyman who came every Friday mm-hmm. and put on a show for the people, yeah. and he re- he really respected that that. That kind of um, that work athletic, ethic. That work ethic. Thank you. That worth ethic. Yeah. And he came in to make this special for this guy who I guess was pretty well known as a as one of these uh, tomato cans. You know, mm-hmm. you got beat up every Friday just right. to get footage. But I'm telling you, it, I never you never seen a bus going home with people more happy than <laughs> than we were, right? And our dads were drinking, so they were happy, but we were just yeah. I, I could I could I can't watch wrestling today. It's a joke when I see what I've seen. And I was the right age to believe it all, yeah. sort of, yeah. right? Yeah. But just the way they or- – the guys who orchestrated that event, who wrote that event, mm. they should be getting a bonus <laughs> because we all thought, oh, my God, he's going to hit him once and he's going to crush him into a little – like a pop can when you step on it. Yeah. But he just shook his hand, put his hand – tapped him on the shoulders, and you're, you're kind of like you're the real thing, man. Mm. You're what keeps wrestling going. Yeah. Um, because not everybody can be a super-duper star, but he didn't well, – Caesar never cared about that. Uh. You know, Caesar had a dry cleaning business, and he gave out these little Scotty dogs, uh-huh. which our teachers taught us about magnetism with. Because when the Scotties, when their noses uh, went together, mm-hmm. they they combined, right? So it was positive, negative. Right. But when you tried to make one Scotty smell the other Scotty's butt, it kind of repelled. <laughs> it was very weird. But <laughs> but that was the that's how we learned magnetism. Right. These little Scotty dogs he'd give out every once in a while uh-huh. with, with your dry cleaning. Wow. But that was great, man. AWA Wrestling out of Winnipeg. Wow. 
And that's that, before they m- melded into the WWF and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Okay, that's so. that is that I have to tell you that's that is an astounding story. Isn't it great? That, it was just, I uh, just it is funny because all our dads took us like they were into it too, right? It became kind of an event yeah. because everybody watched it because it was always on Saturday afternoons before mm-hmm. uh, Roadrunner cartoons, right? Right. We always got pizza on on Saturday uh, afternoon, so it was like that was kind of like our family thing. That was family time, <laughs> and my baba loved wrestling, mm-hmm. so that I knew a lot about it was our kind of way to connect. Mm. And I would actually, and I'm ashamed to say this, but I'm going to because I'm an old man now. Um, I would buy wrestling magazines. Oh yeah. You know, and I would save them. And when she came over, like to our place, I'd sneak them into her, her suitcase, and she'd always leave me her a latest transistor radio because she always <laughs> bought a new transistor radio every year. Uh huh. Right, the ones with the battery, with the mic, not with the head. Well, she had the little head thing, but she liked to have the the whole thing on mm. and listen to the radio. But I always got her old ones. So I have about 20 of the old transistor radios from like the 70s, which are very cool. But she probably has 500 wrestling magazines, which you know, which makes me laugh too because yeah. you know she's reading them, right? Yeah. So I have I have a lot of good feelings around around wrestling when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's back back when wrestling was real. Yes, right. Maybe before, it was real it was back fake. then. Maybe it became fake afterwards. Maybe I'm I'm remembering it wrong. I don't know. Was, I'm so jaded by Vince McMahon and what he ruined. My my brother used to be a security guard, and he uh, was the security guard at BC Place oh when they God, had a WWE. They had the WWE Hulk Hogan show, and he mm. said, "You know those wrestlers are so good that the fights are the same each time." Yeah, yeah wonder like, that's how, funny. How eh? do they do it? Pull a number four, right? We'll go four six eight, and then you pin me. But yeah, it's no, hard. I, I was never I was never into. Um, I like I said, I remember Gene Kaneski. I, I was more more interested in his pierogies than I was in his wrestling. One, two, three. Let's all dance the pierogi dance. Have some fun. This is your chance. Jump to the left. Stand to the right. Keep on dancing with all your might. Time to turn and give it a pinch. What you've got is really a pinch. <laughs> the man made pierogies. Can you believe it? He did. He did. I, I can't remember where it was. It was... Uh, in Coquitlam, I think, or somewhere like that. You know what? I'll bet you he stole from Hunky Bill because Hunky Bill lived in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. and Hunky Bill invented a pierogi maker. Yes. Which basically was two pieces of plastic that you put the dough between, mm-hmm. and you added your filling, and and it made pierogies and pinched them off for you. Yeah, and I they were that, like yeah. cheap plastic. Yeah. yeah. And they they lasted for like, uh, well, they lasted your whole life, but they were made probably in China for like pennies a piece. Mm-hmm. But Hunky Bill made off. Fortune in mm-hmm. Winnipeg. He was donating like half million dollars in the seventies to churches to like repair them and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's fuck you money. When you got a hunky bill funk fuck you mon- money, uh, right? And he'd right. go he'd, he'd go and tell me go, Hello Marushka, I am Hunky Bill, right? <laughs> Famous Hunky Bill pierogi maker. Yes. And if Hunky Bill can make pierogies, you can too. Right? <laughs> and he and he wore this tracksuit. Like he was like this Italian, you know, Jean kind of like that. And he yeah. was hey, Hunky Bill though. Hunky Bill made a fortune. He figured out mm-hmm. I'm going to live in Winnipeg. I'm going to make a pierogi maker, and boom, yeah. there was a billion dollar idea. Yes, and you know, it's you know, not many people can take a racial stereotype, <laughs> exactly, and, and turn it into on, and turn it into gold, into fortune. But if Hunky he went Bill on did. the the Dragon's Den or the Shark's Tank or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. That would be the first thing they say. You got to change your name. You got to change the name. Yeah, it's people racist. People get offended by but, the word "hunky" because that's calling yeah. myself the N-word, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like in in, in uh, um, you know N. Jim in in uh, uh, Tom Sawyer, right? Well, yeah. You know, probably called himself that. Yeah. 
company voted or needed an ID, you know? Yeah. Probably on his ID. Yeah. But different times. Yeah, Hunky Bill. He yep. used it to make himself a fortune. He wasn't calling anybody else a Hunky Bill. He was calling no, himself one. Just himself. Even yeah. though my dad called all my Ukrainian relatives bohunks for as long as I can remember. So yeah. I thought it was a term of endearment for a long time. I know so calling somebody a Dukabor is not a good term. Well, that's because Dukabor is a... Got naked thing. and blew up trains, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's... you know Such yeah. a great life. You don't have to wear clothes, and you get to blow up trains. Well, I think, yeah, they uh, yeah, they did that as a form of protest, I think. Well, they did, but my grandfather was like a railroad engineer, and yeah. he used to sit on the cattle catcher mm-hmm. and shoot at the naked dukabors <laughs> as they run from the woods. He would tell that story. I don't believe it's true, but I still have this image of naked, hairy, Rasputin-looking dukabors running from the forest through the tall grass to the train, right? Yeah. I'm thinking, wouldn't you have your bomb on the track and you'd be hiding in the woods yeah you know that, un- you unless, have to like run to yeah. it and then throw your grenade your your dynamite stick at it i just never understood that yeah no i i, I think there was a lot of stories which but I, even if a tenth are true then that's pretty weird yeah uh well, that naked thing on the prairies i would never join yeah well because no. damn it's cold some days so that's true yeah and if i'm not allowed to wear mittens because rasputin tells me over here that uh-huh. i can't wear mittens i'm out I'm out, and I'm taking the best naked girl with me. <laughs> Unless she's a gypsy girl, then she won't be smart enough to come with me. Okay, well, we'll get to gypsies later. Okay. Sorry, you can change the subject. I was just starting out to show all of you out there the joy of the Cave of Cool. You yeah. never know where you, what you're going to get. You never know where it's going to go. I mean, it's, that's the, what you want in life. You want a little bit of uncertainty. Not Donald Trump-level uncertainty, No. But, but Calvin later level of uncertainty. Yeah. Well, it's 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 like a Cracker Jack prize level of uncertainty. When you actually got good prizes in the Cracker Jack, you know box. you're going to get something. You just don't know what it is. Well, you know now you're getting nothing. You're getting well, nowadays, yeah. But Ugh. remember the old days? You get enough pieces to make like a little bicycle that actually moved. The mm-hmm. wheels actually moved. And I mean, you know, now that's the Kinder surprise. But you know. Right. It took you long enough to make it than to eat the the, the candy. Yeah. Right. It's like Kinder Surprise. You're right. If it's a good one, it takes you longer to make the toy than to eat the chocolate. Yeah, and trying to figure and, out the little instructions was, you know. Oh, they're brutal. And even you, though you've, you've in eaten all the chocolate, you still haven't put the toy together. Yeah. That's right. And and it's in a, it's in a words that everybody's supposed to be able to understand, even illiterate. It's like IKEA directions. Yeah. But you still can't do it. I can't figure those out. It, it's me with that YouTube freaking page. I'm swear to God, it's going to drive me to murder because <laughs> I sit there and I try to figure out how to put a, a, a thing on when I find one, like that great one I found today uh-huh. of my favorite comic book all year, yeah. which was an easy choice. Um, but I, I'm, how do I put this up? I want to put it up. I want Calvin's Canadian Cave of Cool. I want people to be able to find it. I want to be able to tell all my friends to subscribe to it. How do I do that YouTube? And it, it's like it, it conspires against me. It sneaks in extra commercials and it conspires against me. It's like Facebook in a way. Yeah. It knows me. It knows if, if Judgment Day ever happens, I'm going for every piece of machinery I can find. <laughs> the toaster, yeah. not the fridge yet, but maybe that snotty water container. <laughs> He's awful rude to me. Lucky man, you spent New Year's dancing with your wife in the living room to old music. I mean, that's the that's that's the dream. Yeah, to uh, New Dean Year's Mar- Eve. Dean it, Martin, New Year's yeah. Eve is a, a disappointment. What? It's the biggest letdown of the year. It it mostly is. Yes, it's overrated. It never is as good as you think it's going to be mm-hmm. if you do the traditional things. Um, waiting for that ball to drop is murder. 
-hmm. Being in even in a big party with lots of people is murder. Mm -hmm. um, as soon as you kiss your girl at midnight, you just want to leave yeah. because you've had enough. Yeah. Because everything, it's like all the, the exhaustion of the holiday season, it comes at, hits you right about 10.15 on, on New Year's Eve. Yeah. And I'm saying the best times I ever had is the times I stayed home by myself and yeah. ate, ate bad hors d'oeuvres. I mean, I enjoyed a Christmas Eve party. I went to a Christmas Eve party first time in forever. Yeah. had a great time. Mm -hmm. But that was great. But New Year's, I, I would never do again. Yeah. I don't think so. Well, I'll tell you, New Year's, New Year's this year was like, like that for us. We ate. Sat at home, ate hors d'oeuvres, and danced. And uh, you know, we weren't actually going to stay up till midnight. We were actually ready to go to bed. But Beautiful. the but the cats, you know, my, my daughter's cats that we were cat sitting decided they were going to climb up into the tree, and they started <laughs> batting the ornaments off the branches onto the ground. Oh, funny! So we thought, well, we we got to take this down now. Haven't so, you done that thing where you wrap your whole tree in 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 in, in cellophane? No, and, and, and that's the best, man. Reynolds wrap. I've yeah. seen that, and I went. Wow! Why does more people do that? Uh, Get a couple, a couple of rolls, go right around the whole thing if it's artificial, mm -hmm. right? They're yep. already on there. Wrap it up so that nothing's getting out. Pack it back into the box next year. Bingo, bangle, Bob's your uncle. Two minutes, it's up. <laughs> no, we always have a different theme each year, so we got to do. Oh, okay, what was the theme this year? Whiskey bottles. But we we had it all down in about twenty so, minutes, and by the time we had it all packed up, we thought, you know what? It's almost midnight. We might as well sit sit yeah. out on the back deck and listen to the people shouting, and and we saw nice. some fireworks and guns and gunfights and, and things yeah. like that. At least you didn't watch Ryan Seacrest. No, which, we didn't watch any TV. Oh, let the kids sit out and watch that ball come through and wonder how they can pee. Yeah. Right. Where can they go to pee? In right? Times Square? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, I don't know. Yeah, eventually they just pee themselves. I, I would not want to clean up Times Square after that. No, I'd worse want to not clean up uh, New Orleans after um, um, uh, after Mardi Gras. After Mardi Gras, yeah. I've watched some cops episodes that are set in Mardi Gras, mm -hmm. and it's just insane. Yeah. That, that, that three-block area is not meant to have a million people in it. <laughs> and then they bust some guy for peeing. I mean, goddamn. I'm not going to wait three hours in the bathroom inside this bar. <laughs> I'm going to go around this little bodega, and I'm going to wet you myself. Know, really? You but know, I peed in a garbage can, officer. I mean, I you know, look, it was either that or I had to pay a $25 cover charge and listen to Zydeco music. I mean, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I like Zydeco music once, yeah. right? I don't like it for 10 days, right? <laughs> yeah, I touched her breast because they were out as I brushed against her. Yeah. Wow. There's boobs out. People are showing boobs on a balcony, and you're going to go and arrest them? Yeah. I mean, come on. Get your goddamn beads and walk out of there, officer. <laughs> and get yourself a little grope yourself. I mean, come on. Yeah. You, got a, you, got a, you got a quota? But that, again, I would never go to there. But I would go to Oktoberfest in, in Munich because the food is good, the wieners are good, the beer is good. And if you pass out, you can just lie on the street and people leave your ass alone. Mm -hmm. They have actually a law. It says if they're not on the road, yeah. you can't like disturb them. Yeah, just leave, <laughs> leave them be. Let them sleep it off. Breathing. Right, <laughs> they're lying in their own vomit and breathing. Uh, just move on, right? Yeah. Um, and if they're on their back where they could choke on their vomit, just push them over to the side, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and that's civilized from the Germans. It's just yeah, it's very German. That's like it's yeah. very German. It's very German. You know, if yeah. we're gonna party, we gotta expect people go and get fucked up.
It's like gypsy women. They they went out for this bachelor party, and I learned something new about gypsy girls. Mm -hmm. Their men don't like them to drink, which for me is perfect. You give gypsy woman half a bottle of champagne, and she'll do anything. You should have seen these hoes. They had one, two uh, glasses of champagne in the little champagne glasses, and they were ready to do, like, things I usually pay a dollar for. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And the fact that they're they're so thin and oftentimes inbred and good looking, I don't yeah. know how that those two go together. But I guess they eat, drink a lot of vinegar. They drink a, like a half a cup of vinegar with their food, mm -hmm. so it kind of makes them so sick they don't want to eat food. Yeah. Um. So they all stay really thin. But then somehow when they get older, they become like catcher's mitts, <laughs> old catcher's mitts. Uh. And it's bizarre. And they're lecturing one of their own who went on the pole and started stripping. Yeah. Um. When she turned eighteen. And they're all looking down on her like she went and got an education, right? <laughs> like she got a degree. Yeah. That's how they look down on her. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, my God. I mean, if she's a good stripper, let her do her job. 10,000 hours, she's an expert. Yeah. Let her make a little money, right? <laughs> and all these gypsy boys go out and do paving. That's all they do. And they're crooked, and they end up in jail, and the, and the women wait for them. Or they divorce them and then marry their first cousin. Um, it's just <sighs> – and now, you know, the worst thing is I found somebody online who I convinced to watch this show. Yeah. Because she didn't believe that it was as bad as I thought. Yeah. I must have got a 20-page dissertation on on how bad it is and how much <laughs> it hurts families and women and society and civilization, in fact. Uh. That we should put every gypsy in a rocket ship and send them to the sun. <laughs> because she is just incensed with the whole thing. And especially with the woman who makes these gypsy wedding dresses. Which are just basically souped-up prom dresses with lots of um, Shirovsky crystals, which means they were made in a, in a factory basically, uh -huh. by a guy named Shirovsky. They're not any special than any other bargain basement rhinestone or crystal. <laughs> um, but she takes these prom dresses and then lights to them, and, and they're so heavy. One was 150 pounds. The girl was 100 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> and they couldn't get her out the door, so they had to take out a window, which surprisingly in a gypsy trailer is easy to do. I guess it takes one, two, boop, and the window's out, just like on a school bus, right? Yeah, well, yeah. And it's crashed. I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> so they had to basically push this poor 100-pound uh, gypsy girl through a trailer window to get her on the back of the truck. Oh, my God. To go to her wedding, which was decorated from the dollar store. <laughs> um, I'm telling you, my friend, it, it, is, a, it is horrific. Um, but I can't stop watching. Yeah. There it's, are eight seasons. Eight Eight seasons. Eight seasons. So that was one thing you can tick off your 2018. You did in 2018. You discovered the Gypsy Wedding. I discovered something lower that I could watch than Teen Mom. Yeah. I mean, Teen Mom is my basement of and, all. And, and, and that was a low bar. So, you know. Very low. Yeah. Very low. But very I got to be I got to be surprised. A lot of these women, after they got through their bullshit first boys that left them, as they all do when they were 16 and pregnant, mm -hmm. um, they actually found – a couple of them found some good men, and they're actually sane and sa stable. Um, other ones, not so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> other ones are just – they want to be something different every week. A motivational speaker one week. They want to sell jewelry the next week. They want to be an astronaut the week after. Yeah. I mean, basically, they're, they're almost as bad as gypsy girls, but they actually have more class, if I could say that. <laughs> and like if I had a choice between a teen mom and a gypsy girl, I'm going with the teen mom every time. Yeah, the because the gypsy girls I, just – Oh, this got no no ambition. If I have to ask a gypsy girl to add up simple numbers, I'm lost. I yeah. mean, she can't help me, right? Yeah. If I need her to remember the combination of a safe mm -hmm. or the combination to stop the missiles from launching at North America, <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, they're 15. They drop out of school. They're barely educated. They dress like strippers, but they don't. 
they don't go with boys, so uh -huh. they're not dirty technically. Uh -huh. Now the boys chase these other sluts, these gorgeous girls who are like non non gypsies. Right. And so they whore them out basically till they get their own non dirty girl. Uh -huh. They don't want a girl that's never been, you know, touched and stupid enough to know to go with the gypsy boy. And one even got her to elope when he was 14, so they were on the run for like two years until they could actually get married. Yeah. And then their parents who objected to that, um, because he took her out of school a year early, like she was going to get so much education in that seventh grade, um, it, then they're all for it because he came back and made her a decent girl with two other children, of course. Yeah. I mean, oh, the way they whore out their girls. This guy had a baptism for his four children. His oldest daughter is eight. He gets this, uh, what's her name, um, um, Sandra Celli, this, this pimp, this dress pimp, to make her daughter this, this little dress. Because his idea is, if I can show her off well, then some other rich gypsy family will want her to marry her off to their eight-year-old gypsy boy who has spikes in his hair, can barely read and write, and wears an open shirt. I'm sorry, if you're eight, you don't get to wear an open collared shirt. <laughs> you wait till you're 15 and hammered out of your head. And even then... You better have a six-pack if, because uh, I'm gonna punch you in the head if you don't. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's certain people. It's like, mom, you don't wear a belly shirt if you've got a belly. <laughs> it's that same thing. Dad, you don't wear an open shirt if you got a belly, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you're wearing this beautiful $500 silk shirt, but what's on what what you're showing is not helping me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't watch a show that I have so much criticism of. <laughs> because you next you know I'm kidnapped and I'm in a gypsy society. Yep. It's worse than the Muslims and their sister wives. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. I want five women pissed off at me yeah. as their periods all sync together. The, the, the Mormons. That's right. Not the which Muslims. they do. If you've ever seen a, a sorority or a women who live in a dorm, all their periods eventually sync together. They do. Yes. So they're all happen. pissed off at the same time. Yep. I don't want five Mormon sister wives pissed at me at the same time. Because, <laughs> baby, we got a schedule. When I say look at my calendar and they swat it out of my hand, uh -huh. uh, wait, that just goes against my whole religion <laughs> as a Mormon. But you're supposed to respect me yeah. and, and and be my, my chew toy when I want. <laughs> it's a Tuesday, Sandra. Uh, Get your uh, ass in that tub. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. See, it doesn't work. So this That's is just this so this gypsy thing is just one of the things that you've 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 gotten into in, in, in two thousand eighteen. I mean Well, I found it. Okay, found we found it. it. But I mean, because I, I found the Gypsy Sisters first. They had a whole season. But even that couldn't make yeah. a second season. Happy New Year! As far as the year 2018 goes, yeah. or went, because it's done. Yeah. On the whole, it was not. It was a, it was a very strange year. Oh, it, as they all are. Uh, well, they, they all are. But, you know, of course, this was, you know, this was the year where we had, you know, where it was Trump's second year in office. God, you think he'd be gone by then? I, I predicted. I'm, you know, it's months. like we're all sort of shocked that he's still there. I predicted eighteen months, but the wheels of justice move do do move slowly. Yeah. So he's still, and he's still there. And of course, the government was shut down. The government shut down now. The yeah. US government shut down. Doesn't give a shit. I think Congress should lose their pay when it shut down. Well, they yeah, that would that would stop the shutdown. But actually, now it began. Actually, the, the twenty eighteen began with a government shutdown. That's right, the, and uh, it usually does every time. Yeah, because that's when the new the new um, um, house comes in, the new the new class they say. Yeah, and they had a lot of uh, uh, Democrats. Uh, I mean Republicans at the last time. Last time, yeah. so it, it's just yeah, it, it's all it's all bad politics. Mm -hmm. And Trump even said today, I can't stop the shutdown because I'll look weak. <laughs> I mean, he said that where people could hear him saying it. Yeah, 
So we know the kind of maniac we're dealing with. And I think I think Mueller, as much as I love him, bitch, get off that pot and nail this turkey. You got all his boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know, it cost it cost twenty five million to do this um um witch hunt. Mm-hmm. But you've already brought in over fifty million in fines and all this other uh, stuff that you've taken out of these bank accounts. So, buddy, you're doing it for half the price. <laughs> Go after the big dog. You got him. You started with the little dogs. You got them. I mean, get him out. Force him to quit. And I bet you can. There's enough there to do that and humiliate him enough. And let's let's all get together and do this, and let's try to reset the world right. Now, Pence, if he does go in, maybe we can get him with the stink that's on him and get him out and make Nancy Pelosi the president in, in name only for two years. There we got her, first woman president. She will not be a maniac. She will do the smart thing and eliminate all the things that Trump did at the time because he's a traitor and a dirtbag and a douchebag. Um, We can't fix this. I've been watching American politics and government since I was a little kid, so I know you guys can fix this, but do you have the will? You got got him weak. You got him wounded. What would his sons do if they saw a wounded animal? They'd beat it to death with a stick, (laughs) even if they had guns. So let's beat this hump with a stick. Yeah. And let's put all his children in jail, and let's just let's just fuck with him as much as we can for a lifetime of being an asshole, a lifetime yeah. of being an asshole. Well, he was you an know, asshole ever uh, since he got his bones first. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, what was it? He, this year it was 2018. He he met with uh, Kim Jong Un. Yes, you know, had a great time with him. You know, he had um, oral sex with Vladimir Putin. He he had you know had his his usual love affair with Vladimir Putin. Yeah, so he was he's had a he's had a bit of a banner year. Well, when your Secretary of Defense, who is like madly respected in the community, quits, yeah. when you got, when you ruin the reputation of a general who spent uh, you know four years in Vietnam, Kelly, right? Mm-hmm. right? I mean, and lived through it. And I guess he was kind of the the, the kind of commander that went out on missions, mm-hmm. right? Because <laughs> he liked to shoot Asian people, I guess. Yeah. But when you when you when you get lose the respect of those guys, and even your your head liar in chief, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, is smart enough to leave even though she can't get a job no one wants to hire like if you're that evil that disney monsanto the umbrella corporation um uh don't want to hire you right yeah. then you're just you're 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 damaged goods <laughs> i mean come on monsanto doesn't want to have you explain to indians why their children drank rat poisoning because it looked like a cereal box i mean <laughs> y- you just can't you just can't be hired you're tainted for good, and you're telling me Disney doesn't want her, and there's nothing more easily easy evil in Disney next to Monsanto and the Umbrella Corporation. Okay, so Jesse, you're saying Disney and, and Monsanto are the, are two peas in a pod. They are Disney. I'm, is, an evil I'm just telling you that that mouse has more bodies on him than anybody who ever worked for Monsanto. <laughs> yeah. Now the, you know because Disney does his basically own now Disney basically is responsible for basically all of our entertainment now, and are evil. So it, they balance it out that way. Okay, because that's I mean, how they. That's how they keep us confused. So basically, anything that we like—Marvel um, Comics, uh, Star Wars—you uh, know. Uh, no, no, those are created by kind and gentle people. Yeah, Disney but they're, they're owned by Disney. Buy from them. Disney yes. owns their ass. Disney was smart to use some of their fu cash yeah. to buy things we loved mm-hmm. to continually distract us from the true evil that they do. Okay. Are you telling me that the age of Me Too that that duck still couldn't run around without pants? As he has forever. Yeah, okay. And then, no, you know, when yeah. he gets out of the shower, he wraps a towel around himself. That is mixed messaging, I'm telling you. He should come naked out of that shower. 
Because he doesn't wrap the top of his body with a with a towel like he does with that shirt. Yeah. No, no. He walks bare-breasted and covers the bottom, the stuff we always see. Mm-hmm. I mean, do we see more of him when it's wet? Yeah. I mean, I have such confusion with that. <laughs> and I love me some Disney. I really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love me my Disney princesses and, and all of that stuff. But I do hate them these days because they remake a- animated movies into live action that I've already seen. Okay. I've seen this story. I can't see The Lion King. I won't watch Mowgli on, on Netflix because basically I hate to see animals in, in crisis. Yeah. And especially watching Shere Khan, who is the villain, walk yeah. around with that bum paw of his. Yeah. It, it just, I can't watch it. Now, it just, you know, they're not real animals. They're all CGI. I know. But they, the CGI is so good that I just can't do it. I mean, mm. it's the same way I can't watch um, the new Aladdin that's coming out. I look at Will Smith as the genie, and I'm thinking, I know, I'm thinking the, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme's going through my head. Yeah, okay. He that's... hasn't been good in a 100 years. And the last time Netflix did that movie with him, the one last Christmas about the elves and stuff, mm. where he had a, an alien as a, as a partner, he's a cop. Oh, uh, yeah, Bright. Bright, Bright. What a piece of garbage. Because <laughs> he was Will Smith being Will Smith. Yeah. The guys like Tom – like even Tom Cruise I like better because when he's being Tom Cruise, I know he's going to run and do some nice stunts. Mm-hmm. But all I know from Will Smith, he's going to make cracks and jokes and yeah. and be a badass and never die. Yeah. Um, he never gets shot for being an idiot. If I was his captain, I would shoot him in the building and challenge all the other cops to, to – Put me in jail. Yeah, but they would all go. Well, it's like it's like when he was in he was in Suicide Squad. He played Deadshot, but really, oh honestly, God, he didn't horrible. play Deadshot. He just played Will Smith. Mm-hmm. You must be tripping. Yeah, when they give him a gun. Yeah. Holy fuck! Shut up. <laughs> I mean, Dead. If you know anything about Deadshot, he would never say tripping. No. Well, right? Deadshot. Now look, Deadshot was on Arrow. He was. Uh, yeah, but he's not the real Deadshot from from um, Suicide Squad from the comic books. Because when they brought him in with Catman yeah. and a few others, like no names, yeah. um, that really, I think for me, that's my that's my Deadshot. Because okay. he's kind of a bastard too, and yeah. he's he's misogynist and he's ignorant, and he's looking at all the ways to put people down because he's not happy that he's a killer. And then he meets Catman, who is just as big as killer as he is, but is so much a hypocrite about it because he only kills people who hate animals. But then his division is really small. Like if you had a kitten that died, maybe he'd kill you, right? Even <laughs> though that kitten was born with problems, mm-hmm. right? You didn't make him live 10 days. You live nine days. You're dead, right? Because <laughs> he's just a psycho too. So those two had a great bro relationship. Mm-hmm. And when they were the most beaten on, they, they teamed up on for, together, and they saved the rest of the Suicide Squad and put the hurt on the guys that put the hurt on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like that's what I want to see in him. I don't want to see... You must be tripping. Yeah. And of course, he has enough bullets in his gun to kill all the 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 parademons that come after him. He just happens to when he's standing on the car unprotected without a helmet. You're yeah. telling me one parademon in the back couldn't got a spear into him? I mean, ah, ah. Yeah. Well, that's you know. Well, the, the the only good thing about that is we probably won't see another Suicide Squad movie. You want to bet? You yes. want to bet? Are they going to do it? You know, you know it, was, it was it was rumored to get it. James Gunn. The, he's been offered that, and he's been after, offered. Um, he was offered first a Doom Patrol, mm-hmm. but and and he really wanted to do it. But the other guy came up with a script that was really like Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of that kind of funny. Uh-huh. And if you've seen the trailer for for Doom Patrol or when they were on the Titans, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Even Brendan Fraser as Robot Man. You know the Doom Patrol, right? Yeah. Okay, as Robot Man. Yeah. You think it, Brendan Fraser, but he's good. Yeah. Right. 
He's very, very good. Mm-hmm. And I love the Doom Patrol because they're kind of – they're like the Suicide Squad. They're like the Guardians. They're not your, your family heroes. They're very right? weird. They're b- very weird. bizarre. Bizarre superheroes. Right. And they're good for an author who wants bizarre mm-hmm. and can inject bizarre. Um, um, what's his name? The guy I really hate, Grant Morrison. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of Doom Patrol in the 80s and 90s, yeah. And he turned them totally bizarre. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like the movie's going to have those kind of old classic elements and the bizarre elements. Yeah. And Timothy Dalton as Chief, I'm for that 100 yeah. percent. Because Timothy Dalton now, is so much. Now this is going to be a movie. It's going to be a TV series, isn't it? I believe it's a TV series. Yes, for, it's going like, to be on Titans. It's going to be on the DC. Yes, yes, series. on the DC. But yeah. again, they did a trailer with Christmas cards. It was a teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. Probably my favorite teaser trailer of all time because the theme was great. I saw, the, I saw the one where they were taking the photographs. Right, and that was it. Was a charming. It was cute, right? Yeah. And it went for okay. This trailer's thirty seconds, but I accept this, right? I will watch more of the Doom Patrol because they've given me what I love, and they give me enough. Who are these guys to make? And they brought in that crazy, crazy Jane, the girl, the teen girl who's mental, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and they brought in Cyborg, which is a weird thing because you think he stuck to the JFC. The Cyborg but was he, in Justice League. Yeah, but he was originally in the Doom Patrol. Okay. And I'm surprised that they don't bring Changeling over because he was originally in the Doom Patrol hmm. um, when the kid that turns into animals, but he's in Titans. So that that surprised me that they would they would move him over. But again, it shows me they got confidence in what they're what they're putting together. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the Punisher. Someone told me once, life is just trying not to be lonely. It's like a bomb went off inside my mind. Scattering all the pieces. Every time I try to put the pieces together, something won't fit. There's something on the edges. Someone. Like a dark shadow waiting for me. This face has everything that I ever did wrong written all over it. Uh, season two yeah. is coming up. Thankfully, they filmed that before they decided to cancel the whole thing. Yeah. But I have a feeling it's going to another network. I think those stories are going to survive. I hope. I because, hope so. Well, uh, I just I watched I just watched season three of Daredevil and that was the strongest great. one yet. So. I have made many mistakes, but I accept the debt I'm paying because of them. Prison has changed me. What is it you're saying? I want to make a deal. And it great. It was a shame. Oh, it's absolute so good. shame. And, well, and that's you, why I'm saying it's got to get picked up. Yeah, Maybe they're and, giving these actors a few years to build more um, into their uh, filmography mm-hmm. and then move them back to those characters. Maybe they want to introduce them into the movies. I, Maybe yeah, well, Spider-Man with a Punisher and a Daredevil. I, I would and, love to see I would love to see the Kingpin. I'd love to see D'Onofrio as the Kingpin. In, in, boy, in, did he nail it, eh? In the Spider-Man movies, yeah. Oh, did absolutely. he nail the Kingpin? He did. he did. I mean, I saw Kingpin in, in, in um, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And he's more of a cartoon Mm-hmm. Like he's freakishly huge. Yep. He's basically a black mass with a head. Yep. So um, somebody said the other day, you could never do that on live action as Spider-Man. And I'm going, are you, bitch, are you kidding? Just bring in D'Onofrio <laughs> against that little guy like Tom Holland. Yep. And Tom got a little arrogant and D'Onofrio put him down hard. Oh, yeah. Because in the comic books, he's got this rage that and this ability to kill people in, mm-hmm. with a hard door. Yep. Right. And he has no compunction about it. I always tell you that story of my favorite Spider-Man King, Kingpin uh, interaction. Kingpin's in Rikers, and Spider-Man comes and visits visits him to gloat one night. Mm-hmm. You know, Spider-Man can move through the prison without being noticed. Yeah. He goes to the Kingpin's cell and he gloats on him, and the Kingpin says, "I'm gonna be out tomorrow." 
because I just licensed all your action figures, all your merchandising. And of course, you could stop me by revealing who you are, but you won't do that. So I'll see you outside tomorrow, right? <laughs> basically, basically, the Kingpin got filthy rich again off yeah. Spider-Man merchandising. Because yeah. Spider-Man never thought to copyright it, right? And it's just the most brilliant scene ever because it's the one way he could defeat Spider-Man that Spider-Man can't counter, right? Yeah. You can't just punch him in the head for doing that, right? Because, ooh, you got me. Yeah. I should have done that first. I wouldn't be living paycheck to paycheck. Dumbass. In your universe, there's only one Spider-Man. But there's another universe. It looks and sounds like yours, but it's not. My name's Miles Morales. Hey, kid. You're like me. How? I knew my day would come around this time. Oh, yeah, I, well, now there was a lot of superhero movies in 2018. And good ones. And, I yeah. didn't see a bad one. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, as you were talking about. That's, that's brilliant, brilliant. It's going to be up for be- – it's going to win Best Animated Picture, even after Incredibles 2. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to for sure win Best Animated Picture because it's, it's, rem- it's a remake of a Spider-Man origin that we've known all our lives. Mm-hmm. But it fills you with such joy and hope and – and you get those same little tingles you get whenever you watch a Spider-Man movie when he says, with great power comes great response. But you know how you get tingles? Yeah. That's the way the movie is. Even though it's a black Spider-Man, it's totally different characters. You to- you get into it so much that you go, Miles Morales is the Spider-Man of this world, and I'm happy that he is. And the movie left me like – there's parts in tears. when when um, What's his name? Um, Stan Lee does his cameo. Mm, yeah, a lot of um, people have been talking you, about that. Oh, wow. You it just, chokes people up. It does. It really does because it fits in a movie that is full of heart. Mm-hmm. And they decided that I'm gonna make we're gonna make our Spider-Man movie what we're gonna go back to the beginning, as Vicini said, go back mm-hmm. to the beginning. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man was always about heart. It was always about problems. It was always about the struggle of a teenager with superpowers. Right. And that's what they captured in a beautiful way. And I'm telling you, I could watch an animated Spider-Man movie every year. And my friend Riddle, who's the greatest cosplayer of our time, um, said. Don't wish for that because I'll be out of work because she works <laughs> – she makes props for movies like The Infinity War. I mean oh, yeah. she worked yeah. with Karen Gillum and made sure that her, her armor and everything was the same from you know uh, shot to shot. Oh, really? Yes. She has a small little uh, – in Atlanta, Georgia where they filmed a lot of Infinity War, mm-hmm. she has a, a prop department where she makes – like she made her own props for years. Okay. But she has a small team that she runs that make props for the big movies now. Right. She worked on Infinity War and a lot of other movies, um, and she's very talented. And so that's she just said, "Don't you put me out of work, man? We need <laughs> we need superhero movies." Even yeah. though she she loved it, everybody I've ever seen, I've never heard a bad thing about it. Got ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I like to know how it lost two percent because it, <laughs> I'm telling you, my friend, if you're a fan of superheroes, if you're a fan of comic books, if you're a fan of hero heroism, it's so good. And the characters they bring in from from Peter Porker. He, yeah, Spider Ham. Yeah, right. Spider Ham. Yeah. Um, they bring in the noir Spider Man who only sees things in black and white because, mm-hmm. of course, in the 30s everything was black and white. Yeah. Um, Spider Gwen, who, who they call it, who is is um, one of the greatest creations since Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Where Gwen Gwen Stacy, her friend Peter Parker died when she got bit by the spider. Mm-hmm. So she is the Spider Man of her world, but Peter's dead. Yeah. Um, so they all have somebody that that died. Um, and then you get uh, you get a Magna Spider-Man, who she's got this little robot where the spider who bit her lives in a robot mm-hmm. that fights for her. Yeah. So that's cool too. And you also get, um, of course, a, a Peter Parker who.
who's been part of Spider-Man for about 20 years, 16, 20 years. He's divorced from Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit fat, right? <laughs> he cries in the tub, right? He's not very stable. Uh-huh. And even when Aunt May meets him, she goes, you're not my Spider-Man. You're not my Spider. You're my Peter, right? Yeah. Because she can just tell, right? Yeah. He's kind of a bum. But he gets his redemption. Um, it's just, I'm telling you, it's there's so many good parts and so many great moments that that's the one to see. And if you don't see that one, and you're a maniac if you don't, okay. go see Bumblebee. I'm Charlie Watson. I'm 18. Today, actually. Is the Beetle for sale? Cures, kid. Happy birthday. Bumblebee. If you ever doubt okay, it. now this is Bumblebee is the third, no, or is the fourth, or whatever. The ninth. It's it's, it's one of the, the Transformers movies, but it's a. And I'm telling you, the last Transformer movie I saw, the uh, the Knights or whatever it's called, yeah. the last night or something, mm-hmm. was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, um, what's in Anthony Hopkins was making jokes, mm-hmm. and he's running around like he's in Benny Hill. And it was just, it was appalling. And I will not, I will never watch anything more produced by Mark Wahlberg okay. because he is such a letdown in everything. Um, I even watched 22 Mile. I won't even put it on my list of movies I've seen this year because you think a movie where a group of soldiers have to get 22 miles or they die um, would be compelling to me. It wasn't. So when you lose me in that genre, you lost me forever, you douchebag. So I'm done with him. But okay. I'm telling you, Bumblebee. It, it, it's a prequel, right? It's before all the Transformer movies started. Okay. It's got nothing to do with Michael Bay, thank mm-hmm. God, right? Who ruined that whole franchise? Mm-hmm. Um, it's got one uh, Autobot, Bumblebee, mm-hmm. two Decepticons. That's it, right? So when they fight, it actually looks like when people fight. Mm-hmm. You can see the moves. You can see it's not like all mashed together where you can't see anything. Yeah. You don't know who's fighting who. The noise is louder than you, you want. It's uncomfortable to watch an old Transformer movie, especially if you have that love for it. Mm. And please don't try to trick me by throwing in Optimum's, Optimum Prime's voice every once in a while because you know that's my safe word, right? Mm. That's my sweet spot, yep. right? When you when you hear that voice, I just go, <laughs> you know, like squirrel. <laughs> I'm there, right? Uh-huh. So the movie starts with the battle on Cybertron as the Decepticons are overwhelming the Autobot forces. And that's everything you've ever wanted to see in your life. Mm-hmm. And it's good. I mean, when Optimus is beaten on Starscream and you see um, um, all uh, Soundwave, right, release the cassette and Prowler's jumping on Optimus and he's beating him off, right? And you're just going, holy Christ, this is so good. And then they send Bumblebee to Earth to set up their base. Uh-huh. But he's damaged on Earth. Right. So he, all he got powered for is to change himself into a bug. Mm-hmm. And then comes Haley Steinf- Seinfeld. Steinfeld who is amazing young actress. I mean, she was in, in, in True Grit, mm-hmm. where we first saw her. She's been in a ton of other movies. She's been that great one, Edge of 17, with Woody Harrelson, okay. which I, I, I invite anybody to watch. It's a great... It's as great as you remember Fast Times and all those other teenage coming-of-age movies. Uh-huh. She plays a 17-year-old, and he's like her snarky teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he tells her, I get 32 minutes for lunch every day, where I don't have to listen to any of you kids and your problems. Right? So... <laughs> You know, Woody playing it the way he is, right? Yeah. 
and he reads a he reads a text from her that says that she wants to have sex with this boy in the change room of her place where he works, right? And he reads it like slowly, where it's more even excruciating for her to hear it back to her, right? But she needs advice. I'm telling you, man, Edge of Seventeen, brilliant, funny movie with her. Mm. But she came into this movie, and I love her in anything. But the fact that she's acting with a, a, a special effect, mm-hmm. and your heart is just building. When it, the last words he says, uh, I don't say, but it make you cry. And the yeah. way that she loves him, and even John Cena, who hates these these robots, but learns that maybe a Decepticon is different from an Autobot. I mean, their name is Decepticon, and we're trusting these guys. <laughs> I mean, he even asked that in the movie, right? Yeah. And I'm going, yeah, bitch. Why? Why are you? Why are you just in these guys? But he, of course, has his turnaround, and John Cena is very good in it, mm-hmm. and she's and her family is very good in it. And I'm wondering how did this movie slip through the cracks? How is this Bumblebee uh, thrilling me like no Transformer movie ever has? Because I'd walk home in the blizzard to watch Transformers every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that that cartoon so much. And I guess it was produced by Steven Spielberg, and it plays like a John Hughes movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's even clips of where Bumblebee is watching VHS tapes because yeah. it takes place in the 80s. Okay. All the music is from the 80s. Uh-huh. I mean, Haley even listens to the Smiths. So <laughs> I'm just Smiths. going, are you guys kidding me? Uh-huh. I mean, if you wanted me to love this movie anymore, there's nothing else you could do. And then they do something else that makes me love it even more. So I'm telling you, go see Into the, into the Spider-Verse. Go see Aquaman, of course, which I've ranted about. And go see Bumblebee. Uh-huh. If you see Bumblebee, you will just go... All the bad touches that that the old Transformer movies gave you, mm-hmm. you know, show me on the doll where the Transformers movies touched you. Yeah, yep. right. You will go. I don't feel that anymore. Yep. I have been redeemed. It, and the last thirty seconds of that movie will will. If you're not a man and you don't tear up, I don't want to know you. <laughs> I don't. Want, you never loved the Transformers. Don't even tell me that. You don't know your Bumblebee from your Optimus Prime from your Starscream. Because uh, I'm sorry, it's like not knowing your Pokemon, right? You is dead to me. <laughs> he was ignorant because I'm telling you, it was just, it was a beautiful thing. Mm. I really loved it. All right. So Bumblebee still playing in most theaters. So go see Please. It. Yes. And get another one. Take a kid too. Yep. Take a kid too and watch him go. What are these transforming robots you speak of? And then have your mind be blown. Yeah. Because they're even selling right now a generation one um, sound wave. And that was the one that was the cassette player. Mm-hmm. Right. The generation one, they're selling at Walmart. So if they sell a Gen 1 Optimus Prime, I'm going to jump on it so fast because Optimus, come on. Uh, He's a truck. He's a big truck. He's a big truck, yes. He's a big truck in that voice, man. Oh, you hear that, I want to follow him anywhere. (laughs) Uh, So so, those were three good ones at the end of the year, man, that you just can't miss. Okay, so Bumblebee's a good one. And, then you know, this has been a a big year for, you know, I mean, uh, Black Black Panther was 2018, wasn't it? Oh, and so early in 2018 that you forget. How and good of course, it was. it's huge. And I mean, it's, and, it's, it's, it seems like such a long time. I mean, I just over the holidays, my my grandson and I watched it on Netflix. Oh, I was thinking, you know, what did he think? He loves it. He loves it. He's seen it. Or, he he'd already seen oh, it. He he said, like, okay. yeah, let's watch let's watch Black Panther. He loved it. He's, How old is he's he? five, five and a half. So it's like you have a five and a half grandchild. Yep. Oh man, I hate you now. <laughs> if I ever hated somebody, I hate you now. No. Because that must be the joy of everything. Just many you see him, you can just share anything with him. Yeah. Well, he got some uh, Christmas toys. He got a little. Game of Thrones figures. Someone got him some Game of Thrones nice. figures. Which ones? And it's like he's Period? got like Cal Drogo and, and, and Jon Snow. And it's like, wow. Right on. Because <laughs> he like, watched it, right? See? That's so cool. 
That is so cool. We've never got those kind of figures when we were a kid. I don't even know if he's seen Game of Thrones, but... <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And if he hadn't, that's even cooler. Yeah. Right? Because one day he'll see it and go, I got But he knew. Figure. He knew. He's like, okay. He said, I know. He's five and a half. But he said, you knew. This is Khal Drogo, but, but he's Aquaman. You know, oh, it's like, wow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, my God. My heart would melt. Yeah. I would hug that child and never stop. Because <laughs> you know? to know that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Kid, you're hitting my... You're, that's where I live. Yeah. Right? See, that's why I'm denied. I piss off the gods somehow because if I had grandchildren, they'd all be superheroes. Yeah. I mean, some of them would be mutated because we tested the serum on them and it didn't go work. But I'm telling you, if I heard there was like a superhero patch yeah. that you could work for an hour, I mean, yeah. I'd be I'd be stealing the, the from the pharmacy for those kids <laughs> because, oh my God, can you imagine? That's why I hate Christmas so much now because my father was really into those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Like when we lived, even lived in Europe, you got points where you could fly back to Canada on the military plane. Yeah, he would save his points up for Christmas, and he'd go back himself, not with my mother because it'd be more points. But he he'd go by himself to buy Christmas gifts for us. Yeah, from Canada, mm-hmm. and and it was just because you couldn't get like the GI Joes and all the stuff that I loved yeah. back there. And I only real heard that like years ago. I went, why, why does Dad always leave it? Week before Christmas, right? Yeah. And then he's back, and I never put the two and two together. Yeah. He did that for years. Yeah. And it just, I would love to be that person, right? Who who's who punches another man because he reached for the last doll, like like. <laughs> yeah. Me and a man reach. I reached for a doll, but so did another man. Yeah. As I rain blows upon him, <laughs> I thought there had to be a better way. Well, now we you know we don't generally do that in Canada. No, we don't. But no. I want to make the news doing that. Yeah, no, Black Friday in Canada is different. It's it's not the same as it is in the States. It's not. No. We don't have that same shopping frenzy. That, no, we don't try to kill a person for a $1 VCR. No, you know, gifts and stuff like that. You know, it's... it's. Oh, you're so sick of it. It's just, the older you get, the more you try to just avoid it. Yeah. I think this year I did pretty damn good. Like, I just I just kind of found a way to avoid all the 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 periphery of it. I'm just, I just hate it, though. Yeah. It's the worst. And it's just become worse because it's like a it's like a ritual that we all have to put up with. I wish we had a ritual like the lottery or the Ostracon, like the ancient Greeks, where we could pick one person every year to be exiled to the moon or something, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, I just would like that. Like, why can't we just do that? Because the ancient Greeks did it, and yeah. they'd say, hey, we'll look after your shit. Nothing's going to touch your house, your wife, or anything, but for a year, you got to be gone. Yeah. Right? You are gone. You leave this country. We don't know want to know from you because you're being too powerful and too much of an asshole. And they would get a little pot, piece of pottery, and the whole Senate would meet, and they'd write a guy's name on it, and they'd t- tell him up in that afternoon, pack a bag. <laughs> you're gone. 365. We'll see you next year, buddy. And that's how they kept people from becoming too powerful and real assholes, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we need something like that back. I think we need the people to be able to – to yeah. vote. I mean, God, we, you know, like I was saying, you could vote on the best porn star on Pornhub, and that results never go down, right? Mm. Um, um, American Idol, you can vote that. That never goes down. Yeah. And they believe those results are true. Um, so why can't we do that with, like, one person? And we send him to an Arctic island. We make sure he's got enough coffee and hot chocolate and biscuits, and, and, and we look after his shit. No one's going to rob his Mar-a-Lago. Not mm-hmm. that I'm saying anybody particularly should be voted in, <laughs> but, you know, no one's going to grab his woman. You know, but for a year, we just need a break from your bullshit. You get no internet access. 
You just sit there. Maybe we'll give you a book, one book. You want to guess what that book's going to be? Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a feeling I know what. The Which book one do you think? <laughs> it would lead lead to a stabbing if they were up in the Arctic. Yeah, yeah you're right. And again, I saw another article that had 20 reasons why Moby Dick is not a classic of literature, and all of them were right. And now I got more um, uh, uh, material for my rant because uh, I guess there are homoerotic elements that I never even touched on because I didn't see them at the time. Yeah. And I'm Sure, that would have got the teacher uncomfortable, and mm. I would have been reading The Godfather a lot quicker than I was. But God, I had to get to every last page. Mm. My God, it was murder. And we didn't have Cole's notes, man. I couldn't, and I've even recommended to people if their children, their child has to read Moby Dick, even in college, call me. I'll get the kid out of it in 15 minutes. I'll give her the links to YouTube, and I'll even write an essay for her if yeah. she wants on why it's so horrible. <laughs> and and the kid will get to college because of that essay, you know. Even if she's not a sports star, she'll get a scholarship for her scholarship. And I won't tell anyone just to avoid anyone having to read that book. Mm. I'm quite militant about it, actually. In fact, when I go back in time, I'm going back to give Melville a slap. Yeah. He won't know why. He'll be sitting there, and some some guy in 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 a tracksuit will come <laughs> slap him in the head and <laughs> just leave. Yeah, <laughs> and I go, what the hell? Don't write that book. <laughs> yeah, some random guy slapping Hiller Herman Melville. This right, because no he reason. won't have his papers on him at the time, yeah. and I won't have to go. I won't be able to go back. It'll be some kind of hinky thing that time travel always involves, mm -hmm. um, where I won't be able to go back and burn the book, and burn him with the book, <laughs> and burn the town he lives in with the book, <laughs> and burn all the ships he's ever seen because of the book, and burn whales because then they won't be hunted. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of hate inside of you. About this oh, book. you don't know. <laughs> As they said in, in that, what was that one, Red Dawn? Yeah. The hate's going to burn you up inside, boy. Powers Booth. And then what, what's the one the kids that keeps me warm at night? And that was, what's his name, the, Timothy Hutton. The, yeah. Keeps me warm at night. And he's right. <laughs> it does. I got yeah. demons beyond demons. He, he can, I woke up this morning, right? After taking my, my sleep meds, because I couldn't sleep, mm -hmm. and I felt worse waking up than I ever do. Like, I, every time I do, I wake up depressed and angry and, like, why the hell do I want to sleep if that's going to be the reward? Like, most people sleep and they go, oh, great, I'm tired. Yeah. No. <laughs> Calvin's going to have issues tomorrow morning because his dreams are just bizarre. And I always end up, it's, like, you think you have dreams where there's a dream? Like it's a dream, quote unquote. Yeah. Like you're telling your 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 um, uh, a Danger Cat 2.0 movie idea to Tom Cruise in a pizza place. I've had this dream with those checker tablecloths. Yeah. And then a Hello Kitty car crashes into the pizza place and kills Tom Cruise. <laughs> so he can't make my Danger Cat movie. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of dreams I have. Where the hell did the Hello Kitty car come from? But it's painted like Hello Kitty, so the guy's going to get arrested, right? And why kill Tom Cruise when he's going to make my movie? Yeah. I mean, if I'm not going to kill him sitting there, then nobody else should. This is the end of part one of Calvin's Canadian Cave of Cool 2018 Year in Review. Keep an eye out for part two coming soon. As they say on TV, to be continued.
This has been a COC production.